Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations. Vegas Nation sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's Wednesday, which means it's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. What's up, everybody? It's Heidi Fang here, and it's time for another edition of the Takeaways podcast brought to you by the Las Vegas Review Journal and also sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download the mobile app today and get up to a $500 bonus when you sign up. It's again the Takeaways edition here of the Vegas Nation podcast. And today, before I am joined by my guest, Zig Fercasi of Sirius XM NFL Radio, a good friend of mine, as well as former colleague, I'm going to talk here about what's happening with the Raiders, bringing you up to speed with the news. We've got them right now in L.A., taking time to go down and scrimmage with the Rams. These are going to be very important scrimmages for this team down in Thousand Oaks. The Raiders here are a very young team. So with this young team going up against what's now considered the number one defense in the NFL with the likes of Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, this is going to be such a huge test for them. So I really can't wait for all of what's happening with this team against the Rams. Uh, We have guys on the ground there, Vinny Bonsignor, who you can hear on Mondays with first and 10. He's down there and he's going to bring coverage. He's going to be putting up videos of what's happening there as much as he can anyway, without getting giving away any secret intel. So yeah, it's definitely what I want to see. So um, looking forward to watching Vinny's Twitter account at Vinny Bonsignor to keep up with what's happening at these scrimmages. And of course, the big news that came down from the Raiders Monday night is that the team will now require fans to be vaccinated to attend games. Now, that includes... um, Anybody that's over the age of 12, if you're from 2 to 11, you can't get the shot, obviously, then those children that are accompanying you can wear their masks. But this came to light as part of Governor Sisolak's plan uh, with Nevada. He had declared a state of emergency and required that any place stadium here in town in Las Vegas that has a capacity of over 4,000 must have a plan in place, whether it's everybody has masks on or they create a vaccine nation plan. So uh, Raiders owner Mark Davis spoke about making this decision just on Tuesday. So here's some sound from Mark Davis about what it meant for him to come to this decision and what you can expect at games. Governor Sislak was dealt a pretty bad hand. Um, things were going pretty good here in Las Vegas when the pandemic hit. And uh, he's had to scramble every which way but loose. And there's been no certainty and there still is no certainty. I think people forget that we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Um, It's not over yet. And so we've listened to Governor Sislak, we've spoken with him on a number of things, and I think what he came up with here was uh, two two options that we could have followed, and health and safety is always number one in everything that we do. And we just feel that this part of the process, the way that he came up with it, is uh, the one that we're gonna follow. Um, He may change at some point in time in the next month or so before our first game. We don't know that. But right now what we've got is certainty, at least for the Raider fans, that we're going to have full capacity without masks in that stadium. And for for that that certainty, I'm just very thankful to the governor for 
coming up with something that will work for us. Season ticket holders, people that purchase tickets that do not want to get vaccinated, can either roll their money over till next season. If they do that, they'll be rolling over nine games because we have the one game already. So they, if they roll it over, they will get the 10 game package next year. So they won't have to pay for that extra game next year. If they ask for a full refund, which we're also offering, then they will get their full refund and then they'll pay full price next season for the 10 games. Um, the second part about the PR type of thing, yeah, I think we're gonna work with the uh, ambulance service on the shots and everything else and work within the community. Um, I think that this uh, process, that the fact that if you come to the game and you haven't had your vaccination, but you desire to go to the game and you decide to get the shot at the stadium, will help to get more people vaccinated. So that's one of the things. And we may put players or something else into a promotional campaign along with both CLEAR and the ambulance service. Health and safety has always been number one throughout this pandemic with us. And we followed every, every type of uh, edict that came out. Um, that is why we are trying to uh, quickly give them the opportunity to turn in their tickets for full refund and or roll over their money. Um, I don't know what else we could do for them, but when you look at it, it's not, it's not just about you, it's the person sitting next to you. And that's who we're trying to protect as well. And just to give everybody else just a little bit more background on this, um, the Raiders are also working to have proof of your vaccination card with ClearApp. So you put ClearApp on your smartphone and you download uh, the app and then you put your vaccination card and your license and a photo of yourself on the digital app. You get a QR code that allows you to enter the stadium. Now, you cannot cheat this. Don't think you can get a fake card out there and be on, you know, easy street and walk on through the stadium doors. That's not how it's going to work. The app has fraud detections tied to the CDC that will thwart anybody's attempt from trying to put up a fake card, which is also a federal crime, by the way. So uh, don't get yourself on that radar. Uh, just, you know, play the rules. Uh, the stadium's also going to have an on-site vaccination uh, area where they can get a first shot. And if you get that first shot and you're partially vaccinated, you're still required to wear your mask inside, but you will be able to go in if you're partially vaccinated. So um, that's important. Community ambulance is carrying out the on-site vaccinations on game days. Uh, those are going to be a service that the Raiders are providing. And like I said earlier, kids that are between the ages of 2 and 12 who aren't eligible to receive the vaccination can still go to games, but you have to wear a mask. Now, all of the uh, details are up on VegasNation.com. So please uh, go over before you attend a game. Make sure you have everything in order that you need to have done. And uh, this is probably going to be what could be a model for some other teams going forward in the NFL. Like the Saints have a plan as well. Uh, you have to be maxed, uh, excuse me, you have to be maxed or have a proof of vaccination to go to a Saints game. And I expect more teams to be putting things out like this uh, as the year goes on. So uh, expect to see that with other teams. And again, with the Raiders being a front runner. Now, to get into what's happening this week, like I said, there's going to be scrimmages. Um, the team is going to be playing against the Rams down in Thousand Oaks for the next couple days leading up into their Saturday preseason game. Uh, returning for the Raiders, Marcus Mariota is back. 
Darren Waller is back. Carl Joseph is back. So those are just a few of the players that I know returned to practice on Tuesday at the Raiders headquarters before heading over to Los Angeles. And in addition to that, there's still some players who are conspicuously out. Uh, Jalen Richard being one of them. He's not uh, made a return yet. Oh, D- Divine Diablo is another player that I wanted to touch on that has also returned uh, to practices for the Raiders. I don't expect him to get full involved yet, but it is good to see him. And now, as promised, here's my interview with Zig Fercasi, a good friend of mine, works at Sirius XM, NFL radio channels, as well as the NHL channels. And you can catch Zig every day doing the sports updates with Sirius XM. So here we go with that interview. I'm joined by a good friend of mine today. You know him from Sirius XM sports radio he's a host and anchor there for Sirius XM NFL and also contributes to Sirius XM NHL it's Zig Fricasi Zig thank you so much for taking the time to join me today Fanger how are you oh doing well I'm just happy that we got football for the first week of preseason's back and we have training camps in full swing I really wanted to bring you on just to talk about what you think right now about the Raiders and the transition because you have been in Las Vegas and you have been around the NFL for such a long time. What you think about this team and how they made their debut here in Las Vegas? Well, you got to be encouraged. I mean, let's take it with a grain of salt. It's a preseason game. And obviously, you know, Russell Wilson didn't play for Seattle, but you know, anytime Heidi, that you can build winning habits, take a look at the Baltimore Ravens, for example, 18 straight preseason games they've won. So you say, "Eh, what's the big deal? But you also look at the Baltimore Ravens the last handful of years. Who do you think of as an immediate contender? Them. So the point being is winning habits can be instilled, winning attitudes, winning philosophies. And I thought the Raiders acquitted themselves well. Peterman had his his up and down moments during that game. I thought uh, the kid I really like out of Illinois, Nate Hobbs, who I think is going to wind up being a starter. I thought he had a very effective game. Plus the fact that you've got fans in the stands now in Vegas for the first time after last year with COVID and such. All in all, it's a feel-good moment, I think, for the Raiders and the organization. Also puts away the distraction of the team president leaving, you know, within the last week or so. So all in all, from what I was able to gather, Heidi, uh, Thumbs up, if you will, for the Raiders' performance uh, against the Seahawks. I love that you touched on Nate Hobbs right there because he's been somebody, I think, that until the public was able to see him on television here in the preseason game against the Seahawks, that many people weren't quite sure what he was capable of. And now, even though it's you know preseason and we're talking about second-teamers and third-teamers, I think that it's still somebody that is going to make himself a part of this team and possibly, like you said, a starter in that slot cornerback position. So uh, what do you know about Nate Hobbs and what kind of things do you think he can bring to the table with the Raiders? Well, it's funny you asked me that because we had the young man on uh, shortly after the draft on Sirius XM NFL radio and reading his background, Heidi, I came away. It was eerily similar in a way to my family situation. He was, you know, his, his dad had had, uh, moved on, I, I guess, And he became the man of the family of, I believe, four siblings. Of course, my dad had passed away when I was five months old. So my brother 
was around the same age that Nate was becoming the man of the house. So all, all of a sudden, that symmetry struck me. And here's a guy who basically had to become 21, 22 years old when he was 11 or 12 years old. So that maturity angle uh, to me was very, very impressive. Plus the fact that, you know, he played at Illinois, thrived under, you know, Lovey Smith's direction there and was maybe kind of an afterthought, you know, playing in the Big Ten and in, in a second division, second division, I guess, team like Illinois, because they're not quite honestly Ohio State or that caliber. But the fact is he had something to prove. He can definitely play both sides of the, you know, in terms of defending the run. Obviously, the pass also had the sack on, uh, I think it was Geno Smith in that game uh, the other night. So the point being is mature beyond his years, uh, can play different spots where you need him to, extremely coachable, and someone, Heidi, that I think has a chip on his shoulder because he probably should have been drafted than, than higher than he was. So I am really rooting for this young man. I love it. I love all the things that you said there about him. And that just goes to show that this Raiders team is really trying to build the character. And that's been something that they've been pushing since they drafted guys like Josh Jacobs and Clee Farrell and Jonathan Abram and brought them into the fold. So just adding to that character is a guy like Nate Hobbs. And wow, I mean, what a story. I didn't know you went through all that. And then uh, he had, you know, I knew some of his backstory, but just the amount of what he had gone through, I wasn't sure of the extent. So thank you for shedding some light. Yeah, on Yeah. And, and it's just impressive too because you know you could just hear it in the young man's voice that he had the sense of purpose already and you know the fact that he's really mature at this particular point in his early life here Heidi think portends well and just the other guys that you've mentioned too the commonality is they're from successful programs so hopefully that ultimately transfers over to the pro level where it hasn't just yet yeah, and we'll see how that all starts getting translated in the coming season with some of the others and how they really buy into the systems that are in, in, in place now with the Raiders, particularly with Gus Bradley. What was your first impression of seeing this defense in the Gus Bradley era, though it was a quick glimpse and it wasn't all yeah. the starters, but what was your overall imp uh, impression of that? Just, you know, being, a, being around the ball, being uh, accountable, being fast, being aggressive, not missing many tackles. I know Seattle had a, I think it was a 43 yard touchdown. So uh, aside from that, you know, you just have to take it for what it is. As you mentioned, a lot of the starters were rested and I think uh, Gruden did a good thing there because they, from what I could tell, uh, they had had a good week of practice leading up to the game. So he figured give them a day off. And then obviously you don't want a chance car or any of these other guys getting hurt. So I think just in terms of putting in the philosophy, what Gus Bradley wants to do again, he's of a Seattle descent. So they always like those big, tall corners and, and being able to just be relentless and pursuing the ball uh, again, from the brief part of the game that I saw Heidi, it looks as though they implemented that well, but now of course, when you've got the, the season ready to start and guys being held out, there might be a little bit of a, a transition, if you will, once the, the first part of the season goes because, you know, of said not wanting to get guys hurt. So you just want to, you, you know who your starters are, but you're basically now looking for roster depth and guys that can implement his system. 
Speaking of roster depth, how about Trey Regas in that game and also BJ Emmons, two pretty much unknowns that came into this team that are really making some waves in the preseason. I think they showed a lot of different technique and skills that they're capable of, like picking up the blitz. It surely impressed John Gruden because he mentioned that aspect of the game with Trey Regas picking up some of those uh, blitz and, and picking up what was happening in the schemes around him to be able to make the appropriate blocks. So what was your overall impression of these guys, like you said, who were probably vying for a running back three position on the team. Yeah. And what was it? I think it was, it didn't he even say about Regus that he didn't uh, knew know the what, three point stance. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought yes. that was, that was unbelievable. In fact, uh, you know, you, you think about that, you start giggling, but then he said that he is just, you know, assimilated himself really, really quick. So that's a good sign. And again, you got to have versatility. You got to figure you've got to have some depth there, obviously, behind Jacobs uh, and Drake. So it'll be interesting to see how many backs they carry. And then what they do, excuse me, is be able to determine which of these other backs can best, you know, complement the system. So I think the next couple of weeks are going to we're going to find out who, if anybody, separates themselves from the reserve backfield spot. And then you start thinking, let's play politics here just for a second. I know we don't like to mix the two with football, but there are unvaccinated players and there are vaccinated players. And there's a ton of different rules for the unvaccinated versus the vaccinated and such as they can't even eat with their teammates. They can't go on the same charter with their teammates. So these are things once the season gets going and then all the rules and things that the NFL put down for if, uh, you know, somebody uh, does contract COVID that wasn't a vaccinated player, there's a ton of things that can happen to the team in that regard. And we know that Jalen Richard has come out in social media and said that he is not um, vaccinated as far as the COVID vaccine goes. So do you think that that will play any weight as to whether or not he's looked at in regard of being a, um, a, a I'm sorry, I can't think of the word. I lost my mouth. Uh, a, a, in pariah? Any liability, a liability, if you will. Would he be any kind of liability for this team? And would that come into consideration? That's a good question. Although you would think a guy of his cachet and stature in the organization, you might have a different understanding than say if it was a walk-on or, you know, a rookie trying to cut their teeth because Jalen Richard obviously has been a decorated player in the organization. He's got the respect. As I mentioned, he has the cachet, but I think it just brings up a grander issue here. Heidi, basically the NFL, you know, and the, the policies, uh, that they're they're implementing here. So if, if a team can't play because of COVID, they have to forfeit, and then they essentially have to cough up expenses to the other team, and then neither team gets paid. So you got to think of the future in terms of the consequences here. Um, there's one thing to have, I guess, beliefs, but at the same time, too, you also have to think of your teammates. And if you truly want to play football, be in this organization, then to me, it would be beneficial to sort of blend in and, you know, be a team guy. Because as you mentioned, you know, unvaccinated players, there's different rules for them. You wonder, hey, you know, a certain game comes up, a certain play comes up. And it's like, well, maybe if you were part of the meeting, maybe if you're part of this or that, we're all together. Something like this doesn't happen. So in other words, 
You want that togetherness. You want that aspect, you know, being able to watch film together, being able to dine together at the training table and discuss things like that. So it's a kind of a tricky dynamic. Uh, and guys, I, I think at some point are going to have to fall in line because the rules are what they are. And if you don't abide by them, then I hate to say it, but you know what? Find something else to do because the, the rules are what they are. And it seems like most guys, Heidi, are, are blending in and following the protocols that the NFL has put forth. And that's why we call Zig. The Zikistry, that's the artistry right there, putting it all together in terms that everyone can understand. Uh, Zig, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the Raiders preseason game and take a look at what could possibly happen with their quarterback situation as we return here on the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations. Welcome back to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's Heidi Fang here, and I'm joined today by a good friend of mine, former colleague Zig Fricasi of Sirius XM Radio, Sirius XM NFL host, as well as on the NHL channels. Zig, uh, I wanted to get into what we saw out of Nathan Peterman. And now I don't want to get too excited about any preseason things that we saw because like it is the first game. And I feel like the scrimmages that this team has against the Rams Wednesday, Thursday are going to be very important for this team, more important than a Seahawks uh, preseason game. But um out of Nathan Peterman, how do you feel he's developed since his career with the Bills now that we got to see him for almost a full game here on Saturday? Well, you know, that was a thing in, about Peterman, and I was one of the few that actually knew about this first before it actually happened, that that game against the Chargers, Sean McDermott was going to start him. And people are like, where did you get that information? I'm like, well, because I have a good source uh, who follows that Bills team, who tipped me off to that. And then we all remember what happened through the five interceptions in the first half. He's the worst quarterback on the face of the earth, this, that, and the third. And everyone, you know, was kind of railing on the kid. And by the way, I think that actually served a purpose. Ultimately, just to digress on the Bills for a second, Heidi, because I think that woke the team up. Oh, yeah. That, that, was, a, that was the year that essentially was the last year of sort of the Rex Ryan players and effect on that organization in McDermott's first year. And I think they responded from that. They ultimately made the playoffs with Rex Ryan's talent with McDermott as the first year head coach. And then obviously they've cleaned house. And I think we've seen now that they're one of the elite teams in the NFL. So I wanted to give you a little bit of background there. Um, here's a guy who, again, was a pretty good system quarterback at Pitt. You know, put up some good numbers there. He's intelligent. He can move around. Uh, he, he's got some adaptability there. So, you know, again, you, you've got to figure, figure in you're seeing vanilla defenses from the Seahawks or whoever else the Raiders will play in the preseason. But I think it's an intriguing option, obviously, for uh, John Gruden and uh, the staff there with the Raiders that you've got a guy who knows the system. He feels confident, obviously, with Greg Olson as the offensive coordinator. So 
you know, that's going to be the key thing now in this NFL anymore. You know, not a whole lot of teams carry three quarterbacks. So will the Raiders carry that third? And if they do, you know, again, it's one game. You got to take it for what it is. But Nathan Peterman's been around enough. And obviously the Raiders see something in him. So if they keep the third quarterback, I think he's got a good chance to stick. I love it. That's exactly where it's going. It's like you worked around me for 10 years or something. Maybe you know uh, what I'm thinking. <laughs> slightly, yeah. You Maybe. know, yeah, pick up on something, right? <laughs> but I, I was also wondering, you know, in this situation, when you see that you have somebody that's a viable backup, do you start to think about what your options could be with Marcus Mariota? And would the Raiders, do you think, trade him? It's possible, but you know, again, it's going to have to be one of those things right now where I would think they'd have to have their socks knocked off or was a team that was like in total desperation. God forbid their starter goes down and then they're really kind of screwed in terms of, you know, who their backup currently is. So to me, I I don't think you could have enough uh, good quarterbacks around veteran quarterbacks around. And trust me, I think Mariota is a good, you know, insurance policy for Derek Carr. God forbid he doesn't go down. So uh, unless it was something totally dire, and like we just talked about with Peterman, if Gruden and Mayock both believe he would be that effective as the backup, I suppose it could be entertained. But unless something dramatic happens, Heidi, I don't see uh, Mariota being traded. I also wanted to pick your brain because you said something there and talking about Nathan Peterman that kind of sparked a question for me about the Raiders organization is that you talked about the Rex Ryan era uh, getting filtered out of Buffalo. John Gruden did much of the same with what he did when he came in with Mike Mayock and how they drafted all of this yep. young talent and brought in all these young guys. Now that the exodus has taken place, do you feel like this Raiders team is really going to be different than what we've seen in the past few years because they have had that changeover in culture and Gruden has the guys that he wants and he thinks are right fits for each position in place. You've got to hope so because now you have no excuses. Whereas before, well, you know, the first year or two in the administration, well, we had to clean out the other coach or GM's guys who we didn't want to fit. So my answer to that now would be uh, they have no excuses. So at this particular point in time, you know, some of these guys, they drafted like the, the, the ferals of the world. I mean, what I saw when their death chart the other day, he was listed as a backup. I mean, for a fourth overall pick of the draft, Heidi, you know, your, your, your guy should not be a backup. Same thing with our net, the, first rounder there from Ohio state who had thumb problems last year in COVID. And a lot of people thought he was a reach to begin with. So now the point is you have your guys, but now they've got to be able to fit and get into that system. And, you know, with the Raiders, we've seen this team actually get off the good starts the last few years, but then fade. So you got to wonder too, do we have the right fits? Are they conditioned correctly? And also, too, where do they ultimately fit in in terms of the overall philosophy of what you're trying to do? So I think all those factors have to come in here. So in other words, I I would think now it's no excuses for this organization here to take that next step. 
And then next step would be don't fade down the stretch. You're playing for a wild card spot, week 16, week 17. To me, that's a sign of progress. But now they've got their guys. I don't think there's any excuses. What do they do to get over that hump? And do you think it's possible when they have to go to Jerry World, Zig, for Thanksgiving? Yeah, that that rugged, that's a pretty rugged stretch there because you go to Dallas on Thanksgiving. And then Washington is a clearly improved football team. They won the East, even though they were seven and nine last year. They have a, to me, they have a Super Bowl caliber defense. That's how good they are. Then you have to visit Kansas City and Cleveland in back to back games. Denver is never an easy out. They have a playoff caliber defense. You got to wonder, you know, obviously with Drew Locke, is he ultimately going to be the quarterback at Indy? And then you close with the Chargers. So you that that's pretty rugged because I think the Colts are a playoff caliber team. And obviously that season finale there at home uh, against the Chargers and there you figure Justin Herbert uh, may even be better, Heidi, in year number two. So, boy, I, I just think you got to take it as approach as sort of the one game at a time, not be overwhelmed. Don't look ahead. You know, don't look at, well, yeah, they are a good team. But if you're Gruden and you're Mayock, you got to say, we got to worry about ourselves. We can't worry too much about who we're playing. You have to take that approach of we respect our opponent, but we have to also be ourselves, do what we do, make them adjust to what we do. And I think a lot of that, again, is mental and physical conditioning. Hopefully the Raiders have changed some things in terms of you know being a better conditioned team not to wear out down the stretch. If they do that, I think they'll be in contention for a wild card spot. I have just a couple more questions for you. And I wanted to talk about Henry Ruggs. And I think there's been a lot of expectations on him being that he was the number 12 pick for the Raiders a couple years back. Uh, I think last year was a tough year for him with COVID and not being able to have the off season. What are your expectations for Henry Ruggs as a receiver in this offense and coming in this season? Well, you know, and a lot is expected, too, because, as you mentioned, he was among the top 12 players taken. And, you know, he's got that, you know, Alabama pedigree, which automatically means you're supposed to dominate in the NFL like you did in college. But a lot of that, Heidi, again, comes to, you know, adjustments like like Pat Kerwin, who are a great host on NFL radio, says there's Alabama open. Then there's pro open. And that refers more to the quarterback where in college guys can take longer to get open where in the NFL, you've got a defensive lineman crushing down on the quarterback. Same thing to me in terms of the receiver spot where, you know, you could probably out talent the other, you know, Bam or uh, Auburn or Mississippi state defensive back, whatever the case may be. But in the NFL, you got to believe that that corner you're going against is a couple ticks faster. He's watching what you're doing in terms of the footwork and technique and everything like that. And the playbook's different. So you got to adapt to that. The speed of the pro level is different. And like you mentioned with some of the other factors with rugs, maybe that's why, you know, he wasn't Jerry Rice, your number one of the NFL or a Randy Moss. Very few like a Justin Jefferson are able to do what they do. So year two, 
be in better physical and mental shape, know the playbook better, and also adapt better to Derek Carr. If that means even having, you know, meeting with him after practice, you know, discussing better routes, better things for him to do. I think in time he will be better. So all those factors, I I think uh, we'll probably hopefully see a quantum leap, but if you see, you know, even a couple of baby steps, if you will, you know that Ruggs was a good pick. Quantum Leap was by far one of the best television shows in <laughs> my childhood, by the way. Uh, last thing, Clee Farrell, another draft pick I wanted to take a look and analyze right now. He's been you know, practicing and being in the game with the the, the second teams, and yep. he was a number four pick. So what do you think that says about him as far as with his career with the Raiders? And uh, would you expect that he stays there throughout this season or what happens here with Clee Farrell? Well, you hope that the alarm ultimately goes off. You know, I mean, there, there was signs last year that it seemed as though he was starting to get a little bit better as the season wore on. But I think what tends to happen though, is these guys, first of all, if you're drafted at high, you know, you think that you can get, just get by on talent. And in his case, I think the Raiders are actually sending a message here that, you know, with, uh, with Tanner Moose and all that, with, with some of the other players, uh, Max Crosby, uh, he's listed behind him. Crosby was one of those guys, Heidi, that had something to prove. And he obviously has been very effective in his first couple of years, but he's one who was drafted lower. So, You know, sometimes you live off your press clipping. Sometimes you think that this is Clemson and that you're able to dominate an NC State offensive lineman. But these these players in the NFL get there because they're super talented. They're super motivated. Sometimes I think in a player, a case like his, was it a case he was overdrafted? Maybe. Was it a case that he read his uh, his press clippings? Maybe. Is it something that the coaching staff is saying to him? We don't care that you're the fourth overall pick of a couple of years ago. The alarm's got to go off. You've got to show better effort. You've got to show better perseverance, better techniques. To me, I think this is one of those things where they're sending messages. Like with Kwiatowski, too. There was a guy that they brought in, thought he was going to be good. But then Morrow apparently has overtaken him. You know, Littleton was a big free agent signing last year, too. So the point I'm making is you bring guys in. Sometimes, though, if, if it doesn't fit, you got to send messages. And if those messages aren't heard and, you know, adhered to, Heidi, you might have to move on from the player. So hopefully uh, Ferrell, uh gets it in the next year here uh, that he's an effective lineman or else the Raiders may have a tough decision and say, you know what, we drafted him high, but if it doesn't work, we have to move on from them. That's the way it goes. I love it. Great stuff, Sig. And I really appreciate you coming on today. Tell everybody out there where they can find you, what you're working on, and all of those good things. Uh, of course, you can get me on Twitter at Zig Fricassi, Z-I-G-F as in Frank, R-A-C-A-S-S-I. Of course, you're getting ready for the football season. You'll be able to hear me uh, Saturdays. I think once the season kicks in, the show will be 4 to 7 or 5 to 8 Eastern time. And then on Sundays, it'll be after Sunday night football uh, with probably Brad Hopkins. So looking forward to that. And obviously, uh, my updates on the platform of Sirius XM channels, NFL, NHL, 
MLB radio and obviously uh, chatting football with my good friend here, Heidi Fang. Oh, thank you so much, Sig. I appreciate it again and uh, wish you all the best in everything you have coming up and I'll talk to you soon. Anytime, dear. Thank you. Thank you. And that'll do it for the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. Keep up with all of your Raiders news on VegasNation.com. For Zig Fergasi, I'm Heidi Fang. Thank you so much for listening. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations.